0: Ready, ma?
1: I'm ready, Aaron.
0: Let's go to.
1: Let's go to New York City.
0: New York City.
1: The um the time taking place in the movie is 1954. Yes. However,
0: the f- are we, like when the film was made.
1: Yeah, because you're going through the particulars.
0: Ah, well, the film was made in 1982. So, that would be the equivalent of a film being made in 2018 set
1: in 1990. Ooh. Mm. Did you just do that in your cute little head or did you had you work that out ahead no, of
0: time? No, I worked it out ahead of time and I actually it's a horrible scribbled mess because for a second last night I forgot about remainders and move carrying the one and how that all worked. So initially use
1: the calculator. Initially on
0: I said that it was nineteen eighty and I was like, That cannot be right. <laughs> because I know for a fact and then I just simply did the simple math and I was like, Oh, well, then in that case it's nineteen ninety.
1: <laughs> Story of your life. You have always made things so much more difficult Ma, than they needed to.
0: Oh, my think. gosh. Side, quick sidetrack. I think that the audience will find this amusing. But for a long time now, since I was probably turned. Actually, it's pretty much I figured out all my life. I realized this week that I was I'm not 38. And all year I've been like whenever somebody asked me, I'm like, I'm 38. 38 or when I think about it I'm 38 and then I thought about it harder and I said no that's not true (laughs) I'm 37 what the hell are you doing why are you always rounding up and I kind of figured out why Why? do you remember when I was a little kid and you told me that my age was always the same age as the year because you were like you were born in 19 80 so whatever year it is like the last digit that's like how old you are yeah yeah except I was born in August (laughs) I took that to mean I took that to mean it was blanket and so I've always just gone by that like yeah I was born in 80 so whatever the last digit is that's how old I am so every time that it turns January and I don't really think about it. I'm like, yeah, I, <laughs> I age another year in my head.
1: Oh, wow. This, <laughs> this, this is my smart child.
0: <laughs> oh, I think, you, I think you may re- want to rethink that. I think, I that think was, I'm
1: rethinking it. I right think
0: that now. was just smoke and mirrors.
1: Plus, you're just, again, making it harder than it needs to be.
0: Yeah. And do you know how, like, happy I was when I was like... you're only 37? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's fantastic. I actually kind of do recommend everyone just adding another year. And you're just like, yeah, that's how old I am. That's how old I am. And then halfway through, you just be like, psych!
1: Wait a minute.
0: (laughs) No, I'm not. Oh,
1: hysterical! I know.
0: I thought I, thought, and I knew I thought it would I was,
1: be my fault.
0: Well, it's not. It's not your fault. But I'm like, where did I get this in my head? And then I was like, oh. Your
1: and then problem I thought, was you listened to me?
0: I listened to every word you said, oh, and
1: God. and I don't have a clue what I said.
0: You, you said some crazy things.
1: I did, and you did remember them all.
0: I did. I, I hung on every word. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just I'm a little so sponge. Sorry. Wow!
1: So much wasted knowledge in your brain.
0: <laughs> I know so much about, like, I Love Lucy. Yeah. And
1: uh, important
0: things. Yeah, I know. I know a lot about, like, the royal family, which has come in handy just here and there. Lately, we am like, how do you know that? I would say, hey, I, I knew the crown. like the crown to me is just supplemental knowledge. Like I fact check the crown just from memory.
1: And in my family, I am the least. Um, addicted to royal trivia. Yeah. I mean, I am the least of the addicts of of royalness.
0: And I'm the least of you.
1: Yeah. So that just shows. I mean, I was inundated.
0: And it's it's very odd because I don't like it's not something that I would I'd be like, oh yeah, mom was into that. Like the Almond brothers. I'm like, yeah, my mom was into that. But like royalty. You're just you're just not you just don't strike me as a royal person. But yeah. Little do people know.
1: Yeah, well, that just shows what you know. Royalty. We were royalty in Germany until, you know, somebody ran off with the footman. So, (laughs) marrying (laughs) down. This has nothing to do with the movie we're doing this week?
0: Well, a little bit. Because, hold on, Ma. Sit down and let me tie this all together.
1: Okay, I'm having a seat.
0: We just talked about a whole bunch of years. And the name yes. of this film is My Favorite Year. Boom! Ouch.
1: That girl, that's what she can do.
0: Mm-hmm. I may that's not know how old can. I am.
1: There you go. Can you
0: give me enough time.
1: It stars Peter O'Toole.
0: <sighs> Peter Lawrence of Arabia O'Toole.
1: Uh, only this is a much older Peter o- O'Toole. Mm-hmm. The desert really impacted the wrinkles on his face.
0: Well, there's more on that I have later.
1: Okay, and, and go ahead with, with your, your, sh- your sh- spiel.
0: Ah, the particulars. So it was directed by Richard Benjamin. This was his first feature film after directing television. And he's also an actor.
1: Um, Married it other- to Paula Prentice, also an actress. Mm-hmm.
0: He's in Ray Donovan. I don't watch Ray Donovan, so I don't know. Who
1: is he in Ray Donovan? I don't know.
0: I just saw that. Oh, in acting, he's Ray Donovan. So this was his first film. He also did The Money Pit, My Stepmother is an Alien, and Mermaids. Mm-hmm. Um, the story is by Dennis Palumbo. It written by Norman Steinberg and Dennis Palumbo. It was also executive produced by Mel Brooks starring, as we stated, the Peter O'Toole, who was also in Lawrence of Arabia, Beckett, How to Steal a Million, Jessica Harper, who was in Pennies from Heaven, Minority Report, and a ton of television. Marklyn Baker, who, as soon as I saw him, mm-hmm. I said, that's, and then I don't remember the name because nobody remembers his character's name, but everybody remembers that he was in Perfect Strangers with Balky Bartakumus.
1: He was. And I went, I saw him and went, Aaron's going to know the name of that sitcom. I was like, that's Perfect I Strangers.
0: Nope. Oh, so he played Larry Appleton in Perfect Strangers. He's also, oh, Perfect Strangers ran from 1986 to
1: 1993. Oh, that, well, that was a long run. I
0: know. It had eight seasons.
1: Lots of physical comedy. It was funny.
0: Yeah. It was just your classic fish out of water tale. Yep. Um, And so he's been and he's been in tons and tons of stuff. Yes. Um, Joseph Bologna. He was also in The Woman in Red. And uh, Lonnie Kazan. She played Benji's mom. And when you see her, you know her. She's been in so many things.
1: She was the mom in in, um, My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Yeah,
0: she was in Beaches. Um, she was nominated for a Golden Globe for this. And there's this guy, his name was Bill Macy. And I'm like, is that William H. Like, William H. Macy or something? But I guess this is the guy that made William H. Macy. You have to go by William H. Macy.
1: Oh, because there's, oh, I wondered if it was dad. Because his name's
0: Bill Macy. He played Sid. But get this, his real name is Wolf Martain Garber. Why would you change your name to Bill Macy? Your name is Wolf? Wolf Martin? I would be like, Wolf... It might have been Martin, and I might have like written it wrong. But even if it's Wolf Martain...
1: Because Wolf is very German, and, and this was right after... Well, not... No. <laughs> and this
0: was 1982?
1: But when he was a young actor, it would have been right after the war.
0: Yeah, I suppose...
1: He was in, he was in Maude. He was Maude's husband.
0: Oh. Okay. Moving on. I just don't remember what Maude was. I know it's a television show.
1: Beatrice Arthur. Before, before Golden Girls.
0: I always think, you know what, when I get Maude and that, that show with Vicky Lawrence confused. Oh. Where she was the old lady.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mama's family.
0: Yeah. I get Maud and Mama's family confused.
1: Yeah. yeah, they were both pretty loud. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so yeah, there are the particulars.
1: So we're in New York City, nineteen fifty four, and the and it starts with a voiceover. Mm-hmm. And it the voiceover is I called him narrator for a long time because I didn't know the dude's name.
0: It's,
1: but it was Benji.
0: Yeah. Benji.
1: And it was at Thirty Rockefeller Center because they were right they were writing a comedy sketch show.
0: Called Com- Comedy Cavalcade.
1: Much like um I keep saying Kings of Comedy, but that's not it. Um, did you write down the
0: Well, it was the one- based on your show of shows. Your show of shows. Mm-hmm. Exactly. With Sid Caesar. Exactly.
1: And this was taken from um, something that really happened to Mel Brooks?
0: Well, there's some debate as to whether how much of it really happened because Mel Brooks was a writer on Sid Caesar's Your Show of Shows. And so the character of Benji is a combination of Mel Brooks and also Woody Allen because Woody Allen was also a young writer on Your Show of Shows. And so hmm. on Your Show of Shows, they one time they had Errol Flynn come on and so Alan Swain, who was played by Peter O'Toole, is essentially playing Errol Flynn, this mm-hmm. famous swashbuckling, super attractive, but always drunk star. And so he had to appear on the show and they're getting the show ready and they need to make sure that he shows up because that is how bombed this guy gets. I mean...
1: And this was it was like when when great actors had to go and do TV because there there were no movie roles for them anymore. So they're getting bombed because the best of their life is over.
0: Yeah. And also, though, it's it's worth checking out. There was a really good episode of, you must remember this, about Errol Flynn. He died when he was 50, but this man lived such a life, and he was such a booze hound. He was drunk all the time. He was always sleeping with somebody. Apparently, it didn't matter what gender they were.
1: That's that's But that was my understanding. He
0: was just
1: he was fluid before fluid was fluid. Yeah.
0: And he was he has a crazy story. He was born in Tasmania. He was a reporter during the Spanish Civil War. He then he became the swashbuckler and always drunk. Just crazy. This. Where's the arrow Flynn? Oh, yeah. And he might have been a Nazi spy.
1: What?
0: Yeah. So where is the Errol Flynn biopic?
1: Yeah. I was going to, I thought you were going to say of today and I was going to say, can you say Johnny Depp?
0: Yeah, but Johnny Depp is maybe, but see back in, back in Errol Flynn's day, the studio protected him. So all of these things that are kind of coming out, it wasn't like, TMZ saw him and, you know, every stupid thing that that came out of this guy's mouth or all of his escapades. And who knows all of the things that Errol Flynn got into? Yeah.
1: Who possibly? Know? Yeah.
0: Because it yeah. all just got covered up and swept under the rug.
1: Kanye could use some of that right now.
0: He oh, he would love it if people weren't reporting every single thought that dropped out of his mind. <laughs>
1: out of his mindless mind. Oh
0: okay.
1: so there's a voiceover and it is Nat King Cole singing during the credits.
0: Oh. Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: So that that voice. Smooth as Hendrix Gin. Or velvet. So they're in there are writers in the writer's room and they're showing clips from Swan's movies and Swan is missing and like Aaron said they are going to have to assign someone to make sure that he gets in from the airport because he's coming in from Hollywood, that he stays sober enough to come to the show, do a rehearsal, do the show uh, and leave. Yes. So you, uh, our first time to see Swan is um, he's in bed with a young woman and it pulls out. You see, it's a pull out couch bed <laughs> and he there's a much younger woman. Then we go back to the men in the writer's room, and there's one writer who doesn't speak. He only speaks to the female writer, Latina Tina Fey in the room, and um, she speaks for him.
0: And he whispers the lines to her.
1: So that's a that's a gag that goes on.
0: Evidently, um, I'll just cut in here and say that that was based on Neil Simon, who... I think he also was on your show of shows. Your show of shows is a fantastic show. And when you see all the people who are writers on it, it's pretty crazy because of all the talent that it spawned. But so Neil Simon, he would often whisper lines to people be, to, um, because they, he couldn't cut through the uh, all of the noise of the other writers, you know, tossing out their lines. So he would just whisper them to other people, probably cool. other people who are louder. And this
1: this reminded me of the Dick Van Dyke show, because in the Dick Van Dyke show, he and Marie and uh, Maury were writers for a comedy show.
0: Well, that's but everybody, funny.
1: everybody hated the star
0: because and everybody hates
1: the star here, too.
0: Well, your show of shows, the Dick Van Dyke show, was based off of your show of shows as well. See? I believe Carl Reiner also was worked on your show of shows.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he did. Okay, so um, then the narrator talks about going, he, they send Benji to costumes because he has to pick up uh, a costume. And there is a girl in there named, Kay, was it Casey
0: hmm. Casey,
1: who who he has asked out before. She's not impressed. And he keeps trying to ask her out.
0: It's really kind of uh, cringeworthy now watching it because. Yeah, it's they were well, everything her alone. was
1: so sexist.
0: Oh, but there's some great sexist jokes in here, even though it's totally sexist and cringeworthy. There there there's one that I'll get to later that did make me L.O.L.
1: And there are um, women who all you see are their legs because they are a pack of their torso is a pack of cigarettes.
0: And the guy says, "Hey, can I get? I want to get inside your box. Or when are you going to let me inside your box?" I'm like, "Yeah, Whoa.
1: yeah." Then we come back to Swan. It's uh, nine twenty-five in the morning. It's a flight attendant's apartment, so there are a whole bunch of women who share this apartment. Now we're back at the studio. They want to do a run through. And the um, the head actor is named King. But, well, he, his name is something Kaiser.
0: Yeah, King Kaiser.
1: It, and they call him King because Kaiser means King. And um, so, there's, so King hates the monologue. I'm sure he's always mad at the writers.
0: Mm-hmm. His name is Stan King Kaiser.
1: And um, Cy is the head writer, and so they're doing a run through of the sketch, and King comes into the writer's room, and at this point, Swan comes in, and he's, <laughs> uh, I wrote long in the tooth.
0: Oh, he's old, but he just has this swagger to him, and this twinkle in his eye, and he's so
1: drunk. I said very Johnny Depp, because he was, he was doing the Johnny Depp drunk
0: but he does it so much better than Johnny Depp
1: and he was blasted now that th- when he hit that wall he might have been blasted
0: wall. in real life cuz Peter O'Toole in real life was whoo he drank himself as
1: well but when he hits the wall and then he just <laughs> slides down i laughed out loud at that mm-hmm. i mean that was just classic Okay, Um, and so the writers are saying, should we replace him? Because he's not going to be able to do anything we're wanting him to do. And they're saying it's just too risky to have him. But Benji talks them, talks King into keeping him because, well, what if you're at the end of your career? Would you want to be treated this way? And so King goes, okay, we're going to keep him. But you are his babysitter.
0: It's up to you. If you don't, if he doesn't show up and he doesn't learn his lines, that's your ass.
1: And then then Swan goes, double the lads bet for me, because they're making bets of whether he'll actually (laughs) show up. Well, well, by
0: this time, Swan has. So the guy says, King says, oh, he's so drunk. He can't do anything. And Swan says, well, if I was drunk, could I do this? And he does a somersault onto the table and then he's just passed out on the table and they check to see if he's breathing. The woman says his heart's still working. So then they have this whole, that's when they have the conversation and Benji sticks up for Alan Swan and he makes the thing. And then Alan Swan just all of a sudden saunters into there and he says, I double the man's bet
1: double the lads bet for me you toad (laughs) and then he passes out again
0: oh he does the frank oh peter O'Toole was fantastic
1: in this part fantastic um um what kind of humor slapstick humor Mm -hmm. then um they say the boss is here the boss is here and um there is a boss hijack sketch yes and um King Kaiser is dressed like a mob boss.
0: Think of Dick Tracy, too, because he has the pinstripe jacket, but there's shoulder pads that really emphasize his shoulders being super broad and having a small waist. And his hat is cartoonishly like it's bigger than it should be.
1: Yeah. 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 And so the, the mob boss comes in. the mob boss's name is uh, Rojack. And they call him Hijack in the, in the sketches. And um, everybody loves them, but Rojack doesn't. And Rojack is in the removal business. Mm-hmm. So he can remove a person if that needs to happen. Yeah. Well, then we see that... Um, Swan, they're taking Swan to his hotel. He is strapped to his suitcase, which is on a dolly. Well,
0: wait, Ma. Swan also has. What was the name of his driver? Because I loved his driver.
1: Oh, what was the name of
0: his driver? The way he talked, he was so Alfie. Was Alfie. Alfie, he was this like round guy, but kind of muscular, but but more round than muscular. And he just he had a New York accent, but he talks so quiet and so matter of fact. And he just he was so sweet and he would drop everything when Alan Swan came to town. He was his driver. And he got King yelled at him when they showed up because Alan was late and they yelled at Alfie and Alfie said, hey, when Alan, when Swan is in the car, he's the captain. He's the chief where he wants to go. I take him. And so he's a great character. So, yeah, they they, he strapped to the luggage and you and it's a reveal, too, because you see them walking down the hall. You see Alfie swans in between them and Benji. And they're talking about, um, I don't know, something making sure that he stays sober (laughs) <laughs> just Peter Thiel has this look on his face, and you just—how is he walking? Because his his head is not moving in a way that you would think. And then you reveal that he's been strapped to his suitcases on a roller thing.
1: They finally get him into the hotel, and then they have to get him out of his suit because he has to take a bath. And um, they they somehow use his belt to to tie his. Wrists together and Alfie goes, I got this. Uh, It's taken me a long time, but I have made a tearaway suit. So
0: it's his he travels in his drunk suit.
1: So Alfie can it wasn't Velcro at the time. There wasn't Velcro at the time. But um, Alfie can um, take it apart. I guess snaps the jacket and the pants come off. He says he's still working on those tearaway shoes. He hasn't gotten that (laughs) down yet. And they dump him in the bathtub. Mm-hmm. And they're unpacking his suitcase, and he's got like nothing. He has a picture of a young girl whose mm-hmm. name is Tess.
0: It's his daughter. You learned that.
1: His daughter, who is estranged from him. Mm-hmm. And um, three bottles of what is that? Three
0: sided bottle? I was going ask bottle? you. Was it- Brandy or cognac or Brandy
1: something. Brandy or Drambouille or cognac. I, I it's remember a, it's my a dark uh, liquor. my father had that bottle, but I couldn't remember oh. what it was. And and um, Alfie's going up. Oh, there are only three bottles. There he always has one hidden, and they find the fourth <laughs> bottle, and so they're He's trying got to a keep full that
0: fourth bottle hind in the the lining of his coat
1: of his coat. <laughs> Okay, and Aaron, I didn't write down a lot of the particulars, so you're going to have to um, interject whenever you want to. Okay. Next scene, Swan is dressed for the evening.
0: Oh, he comes downstairs in a tuxedo with a little pop in his step.
1: Looking mighty
0: fine. Yeah, cutting a dashing figure.
1: And he is excited to be taking Benji um, to dinner
0: mm-hmm. ben. at
1: the Stork Club.
0: Yeah. My boy, because see, Benji finds out that Alan, or Swan, Alan Swan, was listening, heard the, the impassioned speech that he gave to King Kaiser. Benji says, I thought that you were passed out. And with a twinkle in his eye, he has a funny quip about it that I don't really remember, but it was something to the effect of there's being passed out and there's being passed out. Yes. And he was only the first passed out.
1: Wink. So he says, and he also knows that Benji wrote the swashbuckling sketch because Benji is starstruck. He has been in love with Alan Swan movies since the beginning of time.
0: He knows all of them. He knows the lines.
1: At which point Alan says dying is easy. Comedy is hard.
0: Yeah, it was some some he attributed it to some actor that came before it, him.
1: That's it's famous. actually um, in a Shakespearean play.
0: Yeah, and you know what?
1: It's true. It is true, and to do it well is even harder. <sighs> so they get to the Stork Club, and fans just swarm him. Everybody wants an autograph. You know, um, the fans don't think that he's a he's a dried up bold actor because he's not dried up. He's not dried um,
0: up. And they don't have TMZ. So all they hear is just his dashing escapades with uh, whoever the studio has said that he's dating.
1: Evidently, the last time he was at the Stork Club, things didn't work out too well. But they let him back in and there is a dame at one of the tables.
0: Oh, woman catches his eye.
1: She's young and she's gorgeous. And uh, the waiter says, what can I get you? And he says... Her. That that gorgeous <laughs> creature. And, um, and that's when the waiter says, yeah, I think that's how it started last time.
0: Yeah, we've done this before.
1: And he says, and Swan says to Benji, um, I, uh, oh, so somebody comes over and says, it's our 40th anniversary. And it would mean so much to my wife if you would dance with her. And Swan is like, "Yeah, sure." So you're going, "Well, there's more to this." Cuz he wouldn't be that willing to jump up and dance with a 60-year-old woman.
0: I thought, so, "Hey, Swan Swan is a ladies' man, and that means all the ladies."
1: Well, he tells Benji in, you know, in about 5 seconds to create a diversion.
0: And then I said, "Ah, no, mm-hmm. not the old ladies." <laughs>
1: So he's dancing and Benji comes out with a dessert tray and spills it all over everything. At which point, Alan Swan grabs the dame and goes out the back door.
0: And then the guy that he jumps up and says, somebody stole my girl. And well, yeah, Alan yeah. Swan stole your girl. Exactly.
1: Exactly. So now we're back at the writer's room, and they want to do a read-through of the sketch. At which point, Benji's mom calls on the uh, landline, because there are no cell phones. And she wants him to bring Swan to dinner in Brooklyn. Uh, Benji's not excited about it, but he has to babysit Swan, so it's going to have to happen. Uh, And then it appears that Benji's love interest... Casey well
0: the object of Benji's desire because Casey has made it quite clear that she has no interest in Benji whatsoever
1: true she is interested in Swan because he's talking to her and she is she's she's oh
0: wait 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 We, we missed something so when he leaves with the girl and then they, yeah, they're in the writer's room. But the next thing you see is the paper that has Alan oh, Swain right. naked in Central Park.
1: That's right. And we didn't the writers, see it,
0: but- yeah, the writers say, what the hell happened, Benji? You have one job. You, your first night, you're supposed to keep him sober. And he ends up in the paper naked and drunk in Central Park. And Benji, he doesn't know what to say. He's young. He messed up. But on right on cue, dashing, cutting that figure, looking debonair and suave, it's Alan Swan walking in, looking like he was not the man that they caught last night naked and drunk in Central Park. He looked damn perky.
1: That's right. Yes.
0: So everybody's um, just says okay i i guess the show's back on let's let's go do what we we're gonna do
1: so swan gives benji some love advice so the next scene we see um benji had um invited casey to a dinner and a movie so they're in the writer's room with tons of chinese carryout containers um, and that's their dinner. And then the movie is going to be one of Swan's movies right there in the writer's room.
0: Yeah. And he does, he does, Marklin Baker does this whole thing about dumplings, I think, and mm-hmm. which ones are which and how to eat them. We forgot to mention that the advice that Swan gives to Benji is when Casey leaves. Um, you know, annoyed with Benji and all the stalking. Swan says, Go after her, my boy. They like it to feel like they're chased, being chased. And that I I said, Mm -hmm. Alan Swan, that um uh, that's problematic advice. Um also Benji is not you, buddy.
1: Yeah. You and can get away with stalking. a lot.
0: Stalking is stalking. But you know, being stalked by Alan Swain is a little different than being stalked by Benji. That those are the cold hard facts.
1: Yeah.
0: Those are the facts of life and the facts of reality. You could say it's unfair all you want, but that's just the way it is.
1: It's true. But he does um, start to romance her kinda nicely. Um, well, taking it slowly.
0: He kind of start. He backs off. He, yeah, he he's
1: not so needy. Yeah. Uh, he he's trying to teach her how to tell a joke, which doesn't she doesn't do a good job. But they end up laughing together. They start watching the Swashbuckling Did know? movie.
0: That was really awkward when he teaches her how to tell a joke because she says she works in the in a with all these comedy writers and she's not funny and he says i'll teach you how to tell a joke so he says the joke and she gets up and she all fumbles it and stuff which was amusing but then she like really mm, she really messes it the joke up and benji just shuts down and then she gets all weird, and then they sit so then they go into the movie being very weird, and also it kind of was a weird ah, like why why does she have to be not funny like why is that her thing that oh mm. I, I'm not funny I don't know mm. uh, it just kind of that irked me a little bit, i I don't. Like it wasn't seriously irked, but I was kind of oh. Well, it women was a, aren't funny? yeah. The men
1: do it better. Yeah. Type thing.
0: Yeah, because frankly, your joke sucked, buddy, and nobody's gonna think that she's funny if she even if she could deliver it because it was a shitty joke. Right. <laughs> Give her better material.
1: That's right. Or listen to her; she probably has be- written better material.
0: Right, but she thinks that she's not funny, and the reason she thinks that she's not funny is because that's all she's ever heard her entire life.
1: Men have told her she's not funny. But it does end in a kiss, of course.
0: Yeah, their whole relationship is problematic because it's a whole lot of Casey being the one to have to lean into this. He doesn't really change.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So we're back to the writer's room the next day. It's a swashbuckler sketch. And King finally tells um, Swan, he's a fan.
0: Yeah, Swan nails it.
1: Tomorrow's the show. So uh, Benji and Swan go to dinner in Brooklyn. Right. Mm-hmm. L- f- oh, oh, but wait! Right after, right, right after the sketch, um, everybody's walking away, and King takes a few steps and a light falls right where he had been standing. Oh, and everybody
0: rushes back and he's like, I'm fine. Everyone, everyone just go home. But was that an accident?
1: Right. The crew are going uh, that's kind of weird because that doesn't just happen. Yeah. So we have to remember what Rojack had said. You know, he's he takes out the trash. So. And
0: King Kaiser did a big flex on Rojak in that scene because when Rojak was explaining that he was a remover, he walked over and he said, "Suppose there's a paint this this painting this picture that I don't like, I just remove it." And he tosses it out the window, and so King Kaiser gets up and he says, "Well, I'm also a remover, and say I don't like this coat," and he grabs uh, Rojak's coat. And his, his agent or his friend or somebody tries to stop King. Say, hey, that's a cashmere coat. And King's, King does not move and he fakes him and he throws it out the other... He throws the dude's cashmere coat out the window.
1: He does indeed.
0: This guy gives zero fucks. Yeah.
1: Thumb in his nose at Rojak.
0: Who Rojak is... Based off Jimmy Hoffa. So this is what we're dealing with. It's not exactly as if they they present him as a labor leader, but really he's, you know, he's a bad guy.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So that's a big flex by the king right there.
1: Yeah. And, and a stupid one, I might add.
0: I, I wouldn't have done it.
1: Well, now we're in Brooklyn and uh, Uncle Morty and Aunt Sadie are there.
0: Aunt Sadie shows up in her wedding dress.
1: She does indeed.
0: <laughs> Cuz she's only and, worn the dress once.
1: And and uh, so they're at um, Benji's mom's house but Benji has a stepfather, Rookie Karuka. Karuka. And um but but Swan knows him because uh Rookie Karuka, Karuka. Used- Karolka used to be a fighter.
0: He was a bantamweight and, Filipino fighter.
1: Yeah. And Benji's surprised. I mean, Swan's like a fan of his. So Benji's mother comes out. Oh my God. She is so overdressed. <laughs> oh, just black lace dress with every jewel she owns and, and probably has borrowed.
0: And her bubolas are just judging out.
1: She's a large-breasted woman. Um, so Uncle Morty starts asking about this old paternity problem <laughs> that had been in the press. They're sitting at the dinner table, going, "No, come on, no." Uh, and but but Swan is fine with it, you know. Yeah, that, but you can't believe everything you read in the papers. Blah blah
0: blah. Yeah, Swan gives this nice little speech about how when you're in the public eye. People, you're a target, and people will come after you and they will say things and try to get money from you and such. And, you know, he says that stinks. But on the other hand, being the person in the position that he is in, he gets away with a lot of other stuff.
1: Exactly. (laughs) So, Swan
0: says, "Eh," so, you know, it's a push.
1: So Benji's mom says that what what he really what Swan really needs is a home, and a family and children. Like, you don't know it, what I need. But he has a daughter who he's who he's estranged from, and he really cares about her because it's one of the things that he puts in his suitcase besides all of his alcohol.
0: Time out. He has a daughter though.
1: Oh, he has many daughters, <laughs> but uh, I I. I he was married several times and I think this one came from a marriage union instead of just you know
0: yeah, this is the daughter that he claims. This guy right. has all all sorts of children.
1: Yeah. So Swain does talk about his daughter Tess and then it's time to leave. Um, in the car, Swain asks for his medication. Um, bottle from Alfie, and and Benji's going, no, 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 you know, we got to keep you sober, we got to keep you, um, you, you know, tomorrow's the show, and um, I guess Wayne said, well, you can watch or you can join in.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I've been doing this a long time. I don't know who you think you are to tell me that I can't have my medicine right now, but this is what's going to happen. And <laughs> what, where do you want to be, buddy? Where do you want to be?
1: So Swain tells Alfie to take them to 1030 Park Avenue, which is Casey's family's house.
0: Oh, apartment
1: on Park Avenue.
0: It's such a horrible light. This poor, poor woman. Ah, this guy that she doesn't really like and is now going to show up. With this extremely drunk, over-the-hill film star. Oi
1: So, they get up to the roof. They they aren't invited to this, and it's a soiree. They aren't invited to it. So, uh, Swan goes, don't worry about it. We're going to get to the roof, and from the roof, we're going to get lower ourselves down to the terrace of the party.
0: Yeah, he's... Hey, you don't repel...
1: <laughs> hey, bro, you don't repel. <clears throat> so, of course. They get up to the roof and, and the door closes and they're locked on the roof. And um, Swan isn't worried about it anyway, because he's going to repel down to the terrace and he finds a firehouse. Well, he, what yeah, a perfect he's, looking,
0: he's looking around for a rope can't find one. By this time, he's drunk. Like, he's, he can barely walk. He's so drunk. He finds the fire hose. We all know what's gonna happen. He proceeds to tie... He, he le- does a pretty legitimate job of tying himself to the fire hose, and he walks over to the edge. Meanwhile, Benji is banging on the doors, trying to, to get out, because they're locked, and he looks back and Swan has... You know, his heels, he's leaning over the edge and he says to Benji, I'm going to rappel down. When I get down, I'm going to hold the rope taut and you just shimmy down. And Benji is freaking out. I'm not. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not going to do that.
1: Benji's a little Jewish boy from Brooklyn. He's never had to do anything like this before. Well, Benji finally is able to open a different door And he looks around to tell Swan, I got it open just when he sees Swan disappearing over the edge of the building. Yep. Well, Swan is pretty much dangling there.
0: Well, he thinks he's killed Swan. He just freaks out. He says, oh, my God, I had one job and now he's dead. I've killed Alan Swan. Alan Swan is a dead man. Uh, Oh, no. Oh, my God. This is horrible.
1: So so the terrace that that he gets to isn't even the terrace of the He dally. doesn't get to you the know. terrace.
0: He he bypasses the terrace and the people who are on the terrace look down and they <laughs> see right. he's just he's like barely awake, pat, almost passed out just dangling and he has no idea where he is and they pull him up to the terrace. And he's, and he just dusts himself off and is like, oh, right, right. Uh, is this the whatever? Downings. Downings, you know, resonance here we are. And they say, no, it's downstairs. And he's like, oh, missed it by one floor.
1: <laughs> so um, Benji comes running in. And Benji is so relieved that he did not kill Swain, but um, he's about to throw up. And and they're going, don't throw up in my apartment. So um, Swain goes, well, I I guess we're going to. Oh,
0: no. He says. What does he say? Benji doesn't. Yeah. What does Benji say? Benji says something. Maybe it is throw up. He says something and and he's because he's tore up. And he's le- he's so tore up. He's leaning on Alan Swan, and Alan Swan says, "No, no, my dear boy, men do not throw up. Men vomit." That's right. <laughs> that's right. And so he goes, "We're gonna go to the we're gonna go to central to the park and vomit."
1: <laughs> and then we're going to walk home.
0: Yeah. So he tells Alfie to to the driver. He, he tells him that's who he was talking to, so Alfie can kick rocks, and. He and Benji go to the park to vomit.
1: So next scene, it's the morning of the show and they're still in the park. Mm -hmm. They've been walking Central Park.
0: Oh, it's so romantic. These two.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So Benji Benji is Benji Stone and he's telling how his name went from Benjamin Steinberg to Benji Stone, at which point Alan Swan is saying how he went from Clarence Duffy to Alan Swan And Alan is saying, you know, the studio made up a life for me. It's not my life. It's the one they made up for me. Except for the IRS.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, because he says the studio, they even made up the reason that I'm doing the show. The real reason I'm doing the show.
1: Is because I have to give the IRS half of what I get and then they let me stay in the United States.
0: Tax man. Tax man.
1: So, um, there's a New York police officer who has gotten off his horse to pee in the bushes and Benji goes and jumps on that horse. No, Benji does I mean, does perfect.
0: It. Alan Swain does the full, like, old school, like, you know, the jump up mount.
1: Hands on the butt, pushing himself up so that he can land in the saddle. Mm-hmm. And, um
0: benji says are you kidding me this starts rattling off how many years in prison alan swan's gonna get for this you just stole a policeman's horse
1: then it cuts to benji waking up in a very fancy hotel room and on a mirror it's written i've gone to visit tess in connecticut
0: mm-hmm. benji's so and- hungover he doesn't even notice he he walks back out and then does the classic comedy bit of and runs back in.
1: Because this means that Swan's on his own
0: and in Ooh. another state. And right. today's the day of the show.
1: So we cut, cut to Connecticut, a big house in Connecticut, and we see this young girl on a bicycle.
0: And our second person of color. Tessa's. Oh, uh, I don't know, the housekeeper or... Probably her nanny. Her nanny hands her a jacket, a sweater.
1: And Tess gets on her bicycle, and we see Swan sitting in the back seat of the car, and as Tess uh, rides her bicycle by, he goes back so that she can't see him. But he's looking at her, and his eyes are moist. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's air day, Uh, they're at the studio, and they have no guest star, because the guest star is in Connecticut. Alfie arrives, and he goes, oh yeah, Swan's in here, he's in his dressing room, but go easy on him, he's had a rough morning. Showtime is at 7.45, it's 7.45 that night. Um, The audience is storming in to get the best seats, because it's in front of a live audience. Mm -hmm. There's
0: about three... I think I think I counted three or four different people of color in the audience.
1: So in King's dressing room, there is something with a a, a sheet over it, and King pulls the sheet off. It's a black wreath, you know, like for death. Mm-hmm. So that's not a good sign. Mm-hmm. So, um, Benji's talking to Swan, and Swan's going, don't worry about me, old man. Don't worry, because by the third take, I'm usually perfect. hmm
0: And he's like, um, uh, you don't, you, no, you just get one take. What do this you mean? This is live TV. Live television? Live?
1: Live <laughs> in front of an audience.
0: An audience? An audience? What audience? It's so... Oh, Alan Swann freaks out. He, he said, "I'm a
1: film actor." No, I, he said he I, says, I, 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 "I'm not an actor. I'm a film star. And I I haven't worked in in front of a, an audience in years." So, he said he was, a- the
0: last time he was in front of an audience, he played the butler. He had one line and he forgot it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> So it's it's not good. He goes forget this. I'm leaving and I'm drinking. Mm-hmm. He just and he, completely he gets freaks in out. the elevator with what look like could be hitmen.
0: Ah yes, they were probably are um, Rojak's men. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, um, Swan is going out the lobby, and Benji's running after him. You have to do the show. If you don't, they'll deport you. Um. And he, somebody tells Alfie, take this bum to the Waldorf. I don't know what
0: that is. The Waldorf's a hotel.
1: I know. But I, who did they say to take to the Waldorf?
0: I guess, I guess Swann? him. I, I, yeah, I guess Swan.
1: Well, the we're on the set. And, and, you know, in front of the live audience, it's this the show is happening. So King is on the show performing as Hijack. And the hitmen come right onto the stage. No, they, and, didn't,
0: they didn't come onto the. He was about to go on, and the, they they get him because before in the in the fifties at that time they would do the commercials in the beginning. So to show who it was brought to them by, so they had the girls right. that were out, and they and were they doing had all it was that. a
1: Speedy Alka Seltzer guy. Mm-hmm. I remember the Speedy Alka Seltzer guy. And
0: so in the backstage that's when the goons start roughing up um what's his face king and king is king has unraveled at this point because he freaks out when he saw swan in his musketeer outfit because he was in his hijack costume and he says what the hell why am i in the wrong costume what and he's freaking out and they they tell him not to freak out and that he's fine and that's when he gets jump by the goons so then That's they start right. fighting
1: so so they're saying welcome to Comedy Cavalcade brought to you tonight by Speedy alka well Benji's in the hall and Alan Swan is there and he's saying he's afraid
0: yeah cause Alfie Alfie at some point when he was in the car Alfie just looked at him as Alfie had had it he got he was disgusted with him and he just threw his keys at him and said here i'm not driving you back you coward but that was all that alfie conveyed and he did it without words
1: and then benji is telling him um that he's a he is his silly goddamn hero
0: god damn it why you gotta be so disappointing you're my hero don't you know
1: so the hijack sketch is supposed to happen, but it's happening with the real life hitman or behind the scenes, like there are windows in the set, and you can see them walking behind the um, the windows in the set. And um, King is not coming on stage. It's his uh, the, the line before him, the guys say it a couple times, he's not coming onto the stage. This is cute. And at which point the hitman comes through the the sets oh the
0: audience just eats it up
1: and um they bust through the wall a whole lot of physical comedy and chaos ensues um a king does come on and they're all fighting each other Mm -hmm. and at, at this point rojack's men because there are so many are 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 actually killing king i mean they are beating him up now swan's up in the balcony and he goes, well, I can't let this happen. Uh-huh. So Benji he went up swings. To,
0: Benji went to sulk up in the balcony about how his hero let him down. And then Alan follows him up there. And they witness this. What the hell is going on down here?
1: Melee. Yeah,
0: melee. And keep in mind, Alan is still in his musketeer's costume. So His
1: swashbuckler.
0: He grabs a rope or something that they have up where the lights are. And he just goes old school and swings in.
1: Swings into the scene. Comes off and the he top row. His sword and everything.
0: Yeah, he just starts fighting.
1: Swashbuckling them and uh, punching people out. And um the the writer who never speaks actually says, Oh god, this makes me happy. <laughs> and um then the scene is over because they have taken out the hitman, mm-hmm. and there is a curtain call and they get a standing ovation.
0: Oh, the crowd loved it. They, they what did we just witness? I don't know, but it was fantastic. So realistic.
1: It was so funny. And Alan Swan saved the day of the sketch and in real life saved the day of of King Kaiser. Mm hmm. So the voiceover says he went to Connecticut with Swan and Alfie and, um, oh, he goes back to Connecticut to reconnect with his daughter. hmm The end.
0: That's the movie.
1: That's the movie. Lots of physical comedy.
0: Lots of zingers, one-liners.
1: Lots of zingers. Uh, funny stuff that you would expect from Mel Brooks. Mm-hmm
0: there was king uh king kaiser was always hitting on all the women that were there and at one point he goes into the writer's room and he sits down next to a a woman i think she was an actress and he mentions how oh you look good and this one woman he oh the the female writer like the yeah the female writer that the guy always whispers he says hey um why didn't you like the shoes i sent you or, or I sent you the shoes. Did you like them? And she says, yes. And well, then why did you send them back? And she says, because they weren't my size. So he says, oh, OK. So he moves on to another woman and he says, oh, you, you look real nice. You look real nice. Put your address here. I'm going to send you some steaks. I laughed really hard at that line.
1: He was always sending people stuff. Yeah, get, yeah, put your address that, put here. I'm going to send
0: you some steaks. Okay. Man.
1: So the trivia I have was that this was a tribute to the golden age of TV when TV was first coming on, and they did have the washed up actors um, on TV because then everyday people could see them. I remember Betty Davis being in something. Um, They had a lot of stars on Lucille Ball. Mm hmm. Um, uh, the Benji Stone character was based on Mel Brooks, we said, who was himself assigned to chaperone Errol Flynn. Um, the show is based on your show of shows. Um, and uh, he got uh, Peter O'Toole got an Oscar nomination for this show.
0: He was nominated Best Actor. Do you want to hear the category, like the other people who were nominated yes. that year? Um, we have... Jack Lemmon for Missing, Dustin Hoffman for
1: Tootsie. Wow, I remember Tootsie.
0: Paul Newman for The Verdict. <laughs> Paul Newman. And Ben Kingsley for Gandhi. Oh. That is, uh, that is wow. a tough category.
1: Talk about eclectic. Tootsie and Gandhi in one category?
0: But you had Peter O'Toole, Paul Newman, Ben Kingsley, Jack Lemmon, and Dustin Hoffman.
1: Damn, I'm going to go with Gandhi winning.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure Ben Kingsley won. But that is, I mean, yeah. all of those actors.
1: And two comedies. That doesn't usually happen. Oh,
0: yeah. Because if people recognize comedy, Tiffany Haddish would have been no- at least nominated
1: yeah, for should girl's trip.
0: Been. So. She made
1: that movie. She
0: totally did. Um, It has a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, for POC. So we had the one Filipino. We had the housekeeper. I counted about three in the audience. There was a camera assistant. There were two guys in yellow jackets, so they were singers. There was a trombone player and a driver. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten people of color. I counted. Plus or minus, probably about two. But all were in... um, what would you call like either entertaining we'll it. or service jobs?
1: Yeah. So, even in 1982, but it was well, trying to it was, portray yeah. 1954.
0: But even so, I do wonder about that. Um. Yeah. Let's see. I had more stuff. So. Oh. In. So um, Hi- Rojak, when he's threatening, he threatens King Kaiser with slander, and King Kaiser says it's not slander because Rojak is a public figure, so the test of defamation is more difficult than simple slander. But the public figure test was not developed until 10 years after the movie uh-huh. took place. There's also, I think, some scenes where if you look in the background, you can see modern vehicles at the time, like 1982 vehicles. Huh. Um, there was a, a 1992 musical.
1: Yes. Um. And Benji's mom reprised her role in, mm-hmm. in that. She, it was the only character car- over to the musical.
0: And um, I read that when Errol Flynn was a guest on your show of shows that it was very uneventful. But <laughs> um, that was before they put it on videotape. So no, there's no oh. record of that. Okay, so Peter O'Toole, I thought in his Wikipedia page, this was interesting because it has nationality and it said disputed. What? Yeah, it's disputed amongst the... Un- specific areas within the united kingdom and i forget which one if he's english I'm irish sure, or scottish British, or, yeah there's something where so it's disputed um he almost died in the 70s in a bunch in the late 70s actually his stomach cancer was misdiagnosed as resulting from his alcohol excess In 1976, he had surgery to remove his pancreas and a large portion of his stomach was removed. And keep in mind, the movie was made in 1982. So this was 1976. And then in 1978, he nearly died from a blood disorder. And he was a well-known... He liked to drink. He and Errol Flynn had a lot in common.
1: Did they also have their fluidity in common? I don't know.
0: I didn't get that far, but I thought that that really, um, because when I saw, I said, man, he's really skinny. Yeah. And, and you said how, just how old in the desert, but he
1: had, he
0: had had a rough couple of years prior. Yeah. He was knocking on death's door. So. Knock, 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 knock. Mm -hmm. Oh, and the wardrobe lady is played by Selma Diamond and... She was a writer on your show of shows.
1: And you would know her voice Mm -hmm. because you've heard her and stuff. And
0: she was the basis of whatever that character was that was on um, the Dick Van Dyke show. Marie? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. Oh, that
1: voice. Mm -hmm. Oh. You could not replicate that voice.
0: Yeah, with the cigarette in her mouth and all the ash is still on it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that made me laugh. I like this movie. I thought it was I did
1: too and I knew nothing about it. Nothing.
0: I knew Tony Kornheiser has mentioned it a few times. Oh. I think you know when Peter O'Toole died, he mentioned it and he's it was one of his like, "Oh, you have to see this movie."
1: When did he die?
0: Peter O'Toole, I think he died in 2013.
1: Wow, he made it a long time. Yeah. Nice nice. A long time after like twenty years after this movie. We'll
0: call it the it was more than twenty years after this movie, but that's nice of you. Um it was we'll call it the uh Keith Richards effect. Yeah.
1: He was probably pickled. They probably didn't have to embalm him.
0: He didn't I mean he didn't have a pancreas to worry about. Didn't have really a stomach, so
1: It's surprising that someone who is such a strong dramatic actor could be such a good comedic actor.
0: I don't see that. That's how good of an actor he was, because like he said. Dying is easy. Comedy is hard.
1: But but a a lot of people who think they're serious actors are not going to are not going to risk looking foolish to be. A good comedic actor, you know. Well, but man, he went full throttle. He did. Oh, there, ton- his physical comedy just makes you laugh. And <laughs> when he hit that wall and just slid down it, <laughs> yeah, that, that was hysterical. It
0: was. It, yeah, it was really funny. And when he's dangling there, the look on his face when he's dangling. <laughs> from the fire hose is pretty funny also the first thing that cracked me up was the whole bed scene when we first introduce him and he moves the woman's he's like where am i and he moves the woman's hair out of her face and he just kind of takes it in and you see his hand kind of like disappear and then it comes back up and it's a little bottle of booze (laughs) he just starts drinking said this guy
1: and there were stuffed animals all over the bed
0: yeah it was a pull out couch and then also how he was passed out and how he just came over and was like I'll I'll, I'll double the gentleman's bet or something <laughs> on himself and then he just passes out again forward it, it's pretty good
1: he's it was really good funny. at it a good one to watch on a on a rainy day when you're feeling kind of blue because it's funny
0: yeah and it's not that long,
1: and it makes you want to watch perfect strangers again
0: it uh, I liked him way better in perfect strangers he he really irritated me with it the whole subplot with Casey really yeah. irritated me, so I was not liking was him so that much because yeah. he was really pathetic and really just wouldn't leave her alone um and he had he has no lips he has no upper <laughs> lip
1: you know, at There are very fine people who have no lips, Erin. Everyone is endowed with your uh, Angelina Jolies. How
0: dare you? These are not such a thing. These are mine.
1: They are, and I think Angelinas are hers too.
0: Ah, I don't. Don't compare these to those. There's plenty of others that you could compare them to, but not. I no get no. I don't want that comparison.
1: Okay. Uh, how about your Halle Berry lips?
0: I haven't. I, I don't know what her lips look like off the top, but since it's attached to her face, I'll go with it.
1: <laughs> I know you will. I'm saying, take it and run with it.
0: <laughs> Fine. And you I'm not being. Have- and I'm not being anti-lip. I. Would, I just really noticed that. Wow. He has well, no upper lip. Well, people with ample
1: lips can be anti-lip.
0: But people who don't have
1: any lips are very envious of Aaron Bush lips.
0: You know, it's like, it's a gift and a curse. (laughs) You know, because... Can we leave it at that? You don't know what it's like in the summertime. You have to keep them moisturized, and then you put Vaseline on them, and then you go outside, and you're like, "Why? who's cooking bacon, and it's your lips that are just sizzling under your nose. You have to keep... SPF fifteen at
1: least on those puppies.
0: My lips are allergic to a lot of things, and then then they puff out more. And then they puff up more, and then they do become Angelina Jolie lips. And I'm like, damn you! Why are you? Why are you so allergic to certain? Like Car- Carmax used to work fine, and then I used it, and all of a sudden my lips started itching, and they it got all red and swollen. And they looked like Lisa Rinna <laughs> Yeah, then I look like a botch job i'm like i didn't yeah. have anything done my lips my lips are i'm having an allergic reaction with my lips
1: she couldn't look down for a week
0: and the only thing that you can use is so then you're like ah you just stick you're like this works vaseline works
1: and go it back was, to the tub of vaseline yeah
0: and it was fine in january but then when <laughs> you know the sun gets closer all of a sudden, you're just, why is it? I'm, who has bacon
1: in my car? Because you're driving to work you and the sun is think She's kidding, people. No. Doesn't Baby Lips have any SPF in it? Oh, uh,
0: Baby Lips does. I've been using Lip Repair, but you know what? It doesn't say that that has any SPF in it. Oh,
1: is Lip Repair the O'Keeffe's? Yeah. Santa brought you that. I, I, but it doesn't have any SPF? No. Well, that's bacon, babe. <laughs> I know.
0: It's But it hydrates unless you're in the sun. Then you have to put the SPF, but the SPF irritates your lips. It, it's it's it so is a tragic. hard
1: lot life, babe. It's so tragic. <laughs> My lips, you wouldn't know. Because <laughs> you don't see them. Well. Yeah,
0: you don't have these are problems you don't have to worry about.
1: I, I don't. I I I take a tube of, tooth, uh, of lipstick and I I I swirl <laughs> it up and the lipstick goes.
0: <laughs> where are you putting where, that? Where do you think I'm going? You gonna write a note on the mirror? Oh, <laughs> <'Cause... laughs> uh,
1: good times. Well, dear listeners, thank you for listening to my favorite year.
0: <laughs> yeah. Did
1: you have anything else to add about it? Babe? I
0: don't. I don't know why that just made me laugh.
1: Because I'm I'm um I'm segueing into next week's movie. Ooh. Pick. I am always a dollar a day late and a dollar short. <laughs> I want
0: you to keep going. I'm a dollar late
1: and <laughs> a day short because see it's a and this today is the Kentucky Derby in honor of the Kentucky Derby we're doing a movie about horse racing next week
0: oh interesting
1: Mhm. Uh-huh.
0: is it National it, Velvet
1: it's not National <laughs> Velvet little smart ass
0: <laughs> I don't know any other horse racing movies
1: it is a 1937
0: black and white what? movie they how horses did they kill making this movie
1: they might have killed a lot i'm
0: thinking because... they did i'm thinking this is before pita before they had the no yes, animals were harmed this is the movie that made them have to probably probably
1: <laughs> because it is a comedy oh no but you're gonna be excited A day Day at the the races. races? Is that the Marx Brothers? Brothers. Oh,
0: I didn't know. I didn't realize that this was the races they were talking about.
1: A day at the races.
0: Oh, that's going to be fun.
1: Harpo, maybe Chico.
0: I didn't even know there was a Chico. Well, sometimes Chico's around.
1: Sometimes he's not.
0: (laughs) That's funny on many levels.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We're not going there. So, dear listeners, join us next week, a day late and a dollar short for the Kentucky Derby with A A Day Day at at the Races, races. another comedy.
0: Oh, because you just have to laugh.
1: Keep them laughing.
0: That's great. I always remember what one of them said, the smart one, about never wanting to be a part, a member of something that would want them as a member. I'm like, yes. Yes, was indeed. that Groucho? I think was it was.
1: The, Groucho. Was he the smart? He was the smart was ass he, one.
0: Yeah, he was like, "I never want to be in a club that would ha- want to have me as a member of that club." And I'm like, "That." Ah. <laughs> I mean, really, if you think about that, you yeah. will not join any cults.
1: That's profound.
0: Mm-hmm. I like. I, it might be my personal motto.
1: <laughs> that, and you can't give any fucks. <laughs> Okay, so dear listeners, see you next week. Bye bye.